communicate. <laughs> communication is key. You know, uh, a lot of times we uh, stray away from communicating because of whatever our hangups are in terms of doing that. But, you know, we feel that uh, in many regards, we can kind of um, deal with things internally more than we can deal with it. You know, but again, my adage is that, you know, balance is power. So communicate more, you know, and I think it's dope. They even had that title. I didn't know what the title meant. I was like, is he a middle? Wait a minute. He ain't no middle brother. I, was like, I ain't know what was going on, but, but I, uh, but I, I like the title because, you know, thinking back in like my, my therapy days, you know, middle, middle, uh, children in a sense, um, are, are the peacekeepers, you know, they are the ones who, you know, um, kind of like to hold the balance and keep that, you know, keep the peace in between, you know, the siblings and the generations, if you will. Um, middle children are also uh, the ones that, you know, we need to um, not mispraise about. And what I mean by that is like, you know, if the first child, the eldest child or whatever did something, it's like, oh, okay, you know, and it's, it's different children and the middle children won't necessarily get acknowledged for it, so to speak, because it's like, okay, if the youngest child does something, it's like, oh, they're the young child. You know what I mean? And it's like the middle child is still in this thing. So in a sense, they have to kind of vie for for praise. So I think that that is something that we have to um, to do with, with a middle child. So thinking about that, it could probably be attached to what I think um, could be done with Black men. I think that Black men, in a sense, also need to be told, you know, um, you know, how, how, wonderful they are how special they are you know and then then you got some facets of society or some people who just believe that no we do this all too much for black men we start to coddle them and da, da, da. well my thing is like we, we need to continue to do it until they're until we um are uplifted to the point where things um become so so what i mean is that w there's so many deficits you know um that we have you know, we're looked at as the bottom of the totem pole, you know, in regards to education, in regards to economics and, you know, and that sort of thing. And like I said, until we either start to create our own sorts of, um, you know, barometers for measuring these things um, or be increased in, in the current sort of, uh, you know, societal structures that we have, then, you know, we need to continue to work. But we need to do it differently because uh, apparently... You know, what we've been doing um, ain't really working too quickly. Let's just say that. I mean, maybe well in certain arenas, certain areas, maybe interpersonal areas. But, yeah, no, you know, I'm I'm not going to continue to do the same thing, all of that, you know, just to maintain the status quo. That's corny. On this episode, I got to sit down with educational leader, community organizer, illustrious violinist, and University of Penn Administrator, Jack Drummond. We sat down to discuss Jack's understanding of what it means to be a melanin-enriched man, his love for black music, and how it feels to be a light of life. We unpacked the black male metamorphosis, 
the cycle of water and how it correlates to the embodiment of black men and how us brothers need to communicate more. Enjoy. Welcome, brothers. I'm your host, Octavius Blount, also known as the Urban Thinker. We got another good brother today for episode two. We have an educational leader, community organizer, and an illustrious violinist. Hey, brother, if you can introduce yourself, please do. Illustrious violinist <laughs> is the word of the title of the day. Um, yeah, man, I'm Jack. Um, I'm a friend of yours. I man. know. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what's important. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I'm here. I respect myself. I'm a black man in Philadelphia. You know, yeah, things are, um, yeah, things are great. Oh, before I say anything, um, I want to acknowledge um, the invitation. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, I think that uh, quite often we don't really get an opportunity, not just you and I, mm -hmm. but just men, yeah. you know, especially melanin enriched men, you know, an opportunity to communicate like this. So thank you for extending that, that opportunity. This is great. And also, um, I want to ask that, um, you know, invite, if you will, this is not anything spooky, but I want to invite sort of like the, the, the spiritual essence of, um, Dr. Ed Robinson, who is someone who I, I respect highly, um, you know, to sort of like guide the things that I might contribute, you know, um, because I think it's all about education and it's about um, educating in a light uh, or in a way that, you know, um, or in, in, in sort of like the, the uh, in the spirit of, that, of people that get it, people who understand it, mm -hmm. you know, and you know what I mean yeah. when I say they get it. Yeah. So, yeah, but um, I'm Jack, <laughs> son, son of uh, Dawn mm -hmm. and Jack and, um, you know, um, very, very glad to be here, Philadelphia native, um, born and raised. Um, currently, in terms of uh, uh, what I do, I am um, an administrator at um, University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine. I direct their equity, diversity, inclusion, and multicultural student engagement work. Um, I'm having a great time doing it. I've been here for about a year now, and um, you know, just working with the future uh, medical doctors of tomorrow. Okay. I appreciate you for taking this invitation. Um, it shows that you're a very valuable individual in my life. Um, and it's also look, just looking at the space that we're in as far as black men and understanding that extending an invitation and being accountable. Um, I learned that from you. I've seen it from you. So I appreciate you for instilling that in me um, and just showing up because that's the main thing that we need to do together. So um, we're just going to kick it off. Um, the first question I got for you is, what is one thing you love about being a black man? Oh, man. I don't know if I can name one thing. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's, it's Being black is, is, I mean, it's so multifaceted and so, so wonderful. Um, you know, I, I, the first thing that comes to mind, I guess, is music. You know, my, my default is music. Mm -hmm. um, Black music in yeah. particular, you know what I mean? You know, we take it back to the traditions 
you know, that whole pentatonic sound, the black keys on the piano, you know what I mean? We mm-hmm. add flavor to to sound, you know, I consider myself as a, a scientist of sound and um, yeah, man, like the, the music is like, it's an ever going journey of like who we are and, and who we'll become, you know? I know quite often um, in some of my courses, I'll, I'll use the analogy about like water, how water, you know, although it goes through its cycles and we learn about the cycle of, of water, you know, evaporation and, you know, precipitation, all that other stuff, but how it never really goes anywhere. Um, I feel the same way about sound and energy. Mm-hmm. You know, there is something that is 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 with us. You know, it relates to uh, and sort of connects to, um, you know, the melanin that is inside of us mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, um, and just our movement and, um, you know, and, and the, the way our blood um, crystallizes and that sort of thing. So, yeah, man, I love that's what being black to me means. Okay. You know, it, it's it's a feeling. It's a it's it's about the embodiment of, of all of those musical elements, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's a lot. It's I, a lot. I understand what you're saying because with black men, from what I've seen, that specific walk that we have, the specific mm-hmm. look that we have. Yeah. And it's, I would just say it's just a specific swagger that we have. Listen. Talk about <laughs> so when you say water, it's like yeah. water flows, but we also flow depending on the day. Right, so right. I, w- I would say, it, go ahead, go ahead. No, you're right, and it don't go nowhere. We we are the progenitors of of you know of that type of swag. You know, mm-hmm. black folks created you know not only language yeah. and you know uh, mathematics, just different ways of scientific thinking and all of that. I mean, the the idea here is that what we do is create. You mm-hmm. know. Um, you know, 24-7, it wasn't no word until Black folks start saying it. Yep. You know what I mean? Now it's on your newscasting, you know, 24-7, stores open 24, like, come on now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we definitely add a, uh, you know, a little, little flavor in, um, in the things that we do. And it's all about culture. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about culture. So I know you. So I love Black culture. You love Black. Okay. So yeah. do I. And I think that yeah. when you say um, water flows. Um, the one thing I want to add to that, um, question is, um, how do you feel about being a black man? I know you said water flows, but what's, what's that feeling that you get when you say, I love to be a black man? Yeah, it's, it's a multitude of feelings. You know what I mean? I am right now in my office and, um, I always keep handy. Let me see. I got this stuff to my desk. Okay. A feelings wheel, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? A wheel of feelings. So, um, you know, uh, I feel um, excited, you know, happy, surprised, um, you know, uh, sometimes uh, pensive, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, uh, I mean, just just a multitude of, of feelings mm-hmm. I, because we are not, you know, monolithic, you know, uh, sorts of people mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Like we, you know, we embody a, a lot of feelings. Um, so the greatness of who we are is really being able to um, to find the light and be the light at the end of the tunnel and not necessarily give up. You know, we've been through and we continue to go through so many struggles mm-hmm. um, so that those feelings, you know, are, are what keep us, you know, keeps us going, you know, um, and, and having a relationship and understanding with those feelings mm-hmm. help us helps us to move the way that we've been moving. You know? okay. I appreciate you for saying that because now, it leads right into the segment that 
that I want to talk to you about. I was going to break down some things about you. Um, okay. It's called In the Den with Jack Drummond. Um, okay. and the first question I have for you is, at what moment did you discover you were a black man? Did I discover? That's, I don't think I've ever been asked that question. Um, I think, I think I would. So, yeah. So when I was younger in elementary school, I used to attend a school called um, Samuel Powell Elementary. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of the um, prerequisites for the school, they had a quota, you know, back in the day, you know, I went to school back in the 1900s. So, you know, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, um, but back in the, back in that time period, you know, they had a quota, so they would only accept a quota for like the the racial, you know, and ethnic sorts of uh, students that they would they would accept. So anyway, mm -hmm. long story bearable, um, my mother signed us up for um, classes in that at that institution. Am I allowed to say that names in the institution? Okay, cool. Signed us up for classes, and um, like I said, we had a quota. So she got signed up first, my sister, mm -hmm. and she was the last black student that was accepted. Okay. African-American student, black student, right? Mm -hmm. That was accepted at that institution. And when it came time for me to um, be accepted, there there were no more slots mm -hmm. for black students. So I had to be enrolled as something else. And my mom said, this boy is white. What? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they were like, okay. She said, my son is white. Mm-hmm. So she told me this story. I'm just fast forward to another day. Mm -hmm. Like she told me this story years later um, because they didn't refute it. My mom was the type of woman that you definitely don't want to necessarily say no to mm -hmm. when she's determined about getting, you know, um, and having her way and fighting for her children in some kind of way, shape, form, or fashion. Mm -hmm. She was a lioness, you know, um, somebody who was sugar and spice, but more spice. But anyway, anyway, mm -hmm. um, I had to enroll in that institution as a, a white student. Right. Okay. So um, my mother told us um, later, like what happened, and she be began to explain to us sort of this, you know, uh, dichotomizing race and understanding, you know, why these things um, occurred, and you know, and and why it impacts the ways in which we live. So I, I think that some of my earliest memories come from, you know, my mother explaining to me like, you know, what it means to be black. Like, what mm -hmm. does that mean? Yeah. You know, um, and then, you know, um, I begin to develop understandings about, you know, how multifaceted we are, you know, from mahogany to chestnut and beyond. Mm -hmm. And then I begin to look at the, the gradations of what it means to be black in a color, yeah. right? So I understood what it means to be light-skinned, you know, a light-skinned black man, mm -hmm. you know? A black man, nonetheless, but you light skin, yeah. so you you know some stuff that yeah. come with being light skin, right? Yeah. So you know, and I, and I'm I, for a while, it took me, uh, it it took a while to kind of really understand that, mm -hmm. um, but I did, I was impacted in terms of how I was treated, you know, by my own family, by my own community, okay. you know, by the world that I lived in at large, mm -hmm. you know, for being um, just born. A particular uh, way mm -hmm. with this particular background, ethnicity, all of that, and a color, you know. So, um, yeah, that's. I think that those. I don't know what the exact question was again. No, you answered it. You answered it. Those are some of the earliest memories I have in terms of like being a black man and like what that meant to me early on. Mm -hmm.
Okay. Yeah. You answered it very well because it's it's your moment. Mm. And I can agree with when you say we're all different colors, even though we're in one race. Right. Some people got to understand that, yes, you being a light-skinned brother, some doors may open for you. Some may not open mm -hmm. for me and vice versa. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. when we sit down with each other, yes, I can be a different skin color than you. But you understand what's going on in the space that I'm in as a man and as a black man. Absolutely. So I think that for for myself, when I discovered it was I've had some I've talked about some before, but this one specifically hit hit home for me mm -hmm. um, at my um, alma mater. I graduated from Arcadia University. Um, you know that. And I don't know if you <laughs> I don't know if you know the situation, but mm. um, I believe in my junior year, um, you, I think if you know me and you know my mother, I get things done ahead of time. And there was a paper that had to be done. And, you know, it's supposed to be five to 10 pages. You know, I did 10, 12 because it was about the good, the bad, the ugly of hip hop. And mm. so, you know, I went in and I just did the paper. And when I came into class, there was a conversation around, hey, we didn't get done our paper. Can we have more time? And I'm like, I just did 12 pages and nobody else did anything besides myself and one white woman um, and maybe somebody else in the class. So she mm -hmm. let them leave and go home And when we had to just stay in there. I said, um, can we go home? Because <laughs> we finished our papers and... The next day, I got a call to come into the office, mm. and she said, did you, you plagiarize this paper, sign this pink slip? And I said, no, I didn't. <laughs> so you can take that back. <laughs> um, and she said, well, there's a couple of things in here that you didn't cite, and this, this, and that. And I said, okay, can you show me? And she's like, oh, right here. I said, well, I can go to my reference page and tell you where I got it from. Right. I said, is this the only one that I missed? She was like, yeah. I was like, okay. And I went back to the page and I highlighted four people that mm. agreed with that specific statement. Right. And she said, well, I'm going to still need you to sign this. I said, I'm not signing it. And just based off of that situation, my mom always said, don't give someone the ammunition to make you seem less than who you are, which right. basically means don't let them see you sweat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I got that, I said, is that it? She said, well, did anybody write this for you? Did anybody um, help you with this paper? I said, no, I wrote everything. And mm -hmm. I said, I've had someone that's been reading my paper since elementary school that read over it because they know my writing. They know how I think. They know how I talk. So when I walked out that door and I closed her, her office door, I immediately got a headache mm -hmm. because it was so much like just built up anger. And then just that thought of, I didn't think this would happen to me. Absolutely. But it did. Yeah. And the yeah. conversation of that, that whole thing is like, okay, now that you're at this, you know, you want to call it an elite school or whatever you want to call it, you're mm -hmm. still seen as a black man. And that was a struggle for me. <laughs> that, that's, but that's what gets me. And I'm sorry, did I cut you off? No, I was done. Go ahead. And that, that's what gets me about the academy, you know, and that could be a whole totally another, you know, another conversation yeah. and all of that sort of thing. But, you know, I mean, clearly, you know, melanin enriched men and boys you know we have the ability to rewrite thinking computer levels that are competitive and all of that sort of thing we can do these things clearly yeah. right and writing 
in particular, you know, since you mentioned about, you know, your, your story and writing, writing in particular is one of those phenomenons that uh, so early in life, a lot of black men that I know have been shut off from doing mm-hmm. right. Um, either because they believe that they don't necessarily do it well mm-hmm. or they can't do it well and that sort of thing. But it's so closely tied into uh, a strong emotion of sorts because, you know, early on, we're used to looking at papers with big red marks and checks and da 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 you mm-hmm. know, you didn't do this right or you didn't say this correctly or this wasn't the, you know, syntax and subject-verb agreement was off here and yeah. blah, 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 and all these sorts of things, you know, like early on. Mm-hmm. And I think that early on when people experience those types of things, you know, we start to feel some kind of way, you know, especially if if we hold on to some of these feelings and that we've been, you know, like developing and things like that with us. Mm-hmm. Um, later in life, it's like we do something and you can't tell me, don't you, who are you to critique me first and mm-hmm. foremost, right? Secondly, you know, your writing is your language. It's a part of who you are. It's yep. a part of how you express yourself, how you understand things, you know, what limits you, what, you know, how you expand your life and your, and your you know, your, 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 your source around you, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So when you, when you knock my language, mm-hmm. when you knock my expressions, mm-hmm. the very ways that, you know, I, I present something to you, that's a knock against me mm-hmm. in many regards. That's how many people feel, yeah. you know? So um, I only say that to say that I can so, I can certainly relate to, um, you know, like what you were feeling back mm-hmm. then you know, during that time when that happened, you know, in the headaches yeah. and, and, and it really this notion of having to kind of like prove yourself, mm-hmm. you know, it's like when you do it, it's not good enough. You have to prove it. Yep. You have to prove, you know, that you did this, you da, 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 you were capable of doing that. You can think like this. This is what, you know, you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, and, and so often that becomes, you know, uh, tiring, Yeah, you know, it becomes, um, you know, you just get perplexed by the idea of having to prove mm-hmm. so often. In so many arenas, not yep. just school and the academy, but like, you know, in the community in many regards, you know, when you go other places, you know, and then when you get into more personal relationships, you got to prove it's just a lot. Mm-hmm. So I feel you. I, I definitely feel you. And then one more thing I wanted to mention, because we talked about, you know, and I know we aren't talking about this whole colorism notion and all of that. Right. But the idea is that, you know, a lot of times um, it's mentioned that, you know, folks with like lighter skin, closer to white, if you will, mm-hmm. have different types of opportunities and mm-hmm. i also think that you know that works in the reverse as well mm-hmm. you know especially when we're talking about communal or intercommunal you know types of communications and relations and you know and that sort of thing so i just kind of wanted to point that out not a lot of people really kind of talk about you know um yeah that, that aspect. yeah yeah i hear you and i I'm, i appreciate you for hearing me um yeah. and I, you said i like that you brought up and showed the um, feeling wheel, because that's the, that's the next space that we're going to go in is how did you explore your feelings when you were younger? You can talk about them now. You can talk about them previously. So. Um, you know, so I'll go backwards. I'll start from now. Um, now I am a little bit more contemplative about, uh, you know, my feelings Mm -hmm. and all of that, you know, as a man, who is um, in touch with his own masculinity and also with his uh, divine femininity as well, Mm -hmm. you know, um, this balance of feelings that I hold looks a little different now, you know. Um, Back then, 
you know, uh, I think I was more so seen as, or I kind of looked at, at feelings and emotions as, um, you know, I, I was more, more so of a follower, if you will. Um, like what society said, you know, the things that I was learning, not only in the household, but in the community, I kind of go with, you know, the flow of how boys and men are supposed to act, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so it wasn't really, um, exploratory. It wasn't really that I had an opportunity to kind of really think through and synthesize before I actually made some moves or behaved in certain ways about my feelings. It's more so, you know, it was a quick thought Mm -hmm. because- it's what I saw in society or what I heard and, you know, or saw at home mm-hmm. and more so just doing what I felt I was supposed to do. You know, it wasn't until I got, since we're, since we're, I guess, on the heels of, of talking about, you know, being black and exploring feelings. Um, it wasn't until I got to college mm-hmm. that I really started to um, understand certain feeling or different feelings around, you know, being in, in my own skin and being myself, um, and, you know, and identifying as a black man. When I got to college, I became very angry, um, with some of the things and the lessons that I was learning. Mm -hmm. The fact that, you know, um, a lot of the ways in which black men in in this country have been treated since its inception, Mm -hmm. um, continue today, like it's still going on. You know what I mean? And why hasn't it changed, you know, as of whatever day it was or it is today? You know what I mean? Um, so I, I think in college, was that was the first time that I experienced what, you know, and I haven't come up with a, a name for it, but just this this Black anger, this mm. anger towards white people, towards white, you know, controlled society, towards, um, you know, sort of this societal view mm-hmm. that I was supposed to accept, Yeah, you know. Um, and became very, very, uh, very angry, you know? And I think that when that happens, if it happens, you know, because sometimes it doesn't even happen in, in many of our lives, but when and, and if it happens, um, you know, there, there are options with that anger. We could take it out on our own folks, mm-hmm. our loved ones, yeah. you know, or our own people. You know, sometimes we get upset. It's like, oh, how, how can you know? How do you, you know? You have this knowledge and we know such and such that these people struggle for us and our family member, our ancestors did blah, blah, blah. And you up here doing, da, 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 you know, so yeah. we can take it out on ourselves. We can take it out on white folks, you know, white folks, you know, you, you see people, you get upset, you get attitude, you don't really want to befriend, you know, um, them for whatever reasons, mm-hmm. you know, it could be historical understandings that you've come into. It could be, you know, sort of present day understandings that you, you know, upset by. Um, I mean, so it's so many ways that you can kind of take that as a pendulum, yeah. right? And I kind of found found myself kind of navigating in between both, mm. you know, because I wanted to have this humanistic sort of like, you know, you know, kumbaya yeah. moment in life where like, why can't we all just get along mm-hmm. literally? Um, and then I also wanted to be angry. Like I, I, I enjoyed that feeling because mm-hmm. it was the first time in my life um, where I had that type of aha moment and I felt the fire and wanted to express it, Mm -hmm. you know, like my ancestors, you know, like, you know, some of the modern day, you know, um, you know, freedom fighters, Mm -hmm. because I still believe we have a long way to go to be, you know, free in a real way, you know (laughs) what I mean? So, um, so yeah, so, um, that was a, that was a pivotal feeling for me, that whole 
ball of anger mm-hmm. and, and, you know, what I did with it. So um, in and throughout time, I guess to answer the question directly, in and throughout time, I didn't really think about it much. I just kind of acted. And then as I began to learn more about myself, mm-hmm. you know, and, and who and whose shoulders I stood on, you know, it mm-hmm. became a little bit more balanced for me to kind of think about the, the feelings and emotions that I had in relation to how I act on them. Okay. Now, yeah. for me, I think hearing what you're saying, when you said you had like just this ball of fire just inside yeah. you as far as like anger, um, yeah. I think mine goes in <laughs> like waves. Like when I discovered mine, my uh, feelings and being able to mm-hmm. explore them. Yeah. Um, quick story, my, my uncle, um, uncle tiger, his name is Earl, but we call him uncle tiger. Okay. Um, he was the first black man to say, I love you. Wow. And I didn't know, you know, how that felt until he said wow. it. Like my mom mm-hmm. can say it, my aunts can say it, my cousins can say, it, but when my uncle who had me like this, when I was right. young, he kept saying it. Wow. And he was the first black man that I heard say it to me. Not wow. me say it first and then he say it back. So he mm-hmm. always he still says it to this day. Um yeah. and that that is what helped me say it to other black men. Mm-hmm. So when I say, hey, bro, I like I love you, I'm not just saying it to say it. Right. I'm saying it right. because I actually do. It's beautiful. And just hearing like I've said it to you on several occasions when we've worked yeah. together and beyond, because I mean it. Like we, yeah. like a lot of, of us brothers don't say it enough. Because sure. we may not hear it from other people. We may not hear it from mm-hmm. family members or person that we're with, um, significant mm-hmm. others. And right. when I explored that feeling of saying it mm-hmm. and hearing it back from somebody, I got to think right. to myself, do they actually mean it? Or is it just like a a natural numbness to, oh, okay, I got to say it back. Right. And and just, a, just another wave of emotions when I was younger, it was also an understanding of it's okay to be angry. Yes. <laughs> and my mom yeah. always said that. She was like, hey, I know you're upset, but you need to tell me why you're upset right. so we can get through this. So it's not right. just sitting there because sometimes it just sat there because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like if I expressed myself, like you said, there were some things um, you went with what society said for black men. Right. I wouldn't say stuff to my mom because I'm like, I don't want her crying <laughs> or I don't want um, this person in front of me to be upset at how I'm expressing myself and what I'm saying to him. So whenever sure. I was upset, I would just be like, Hey mom, I'm, I'm upset, but how it comes off yeah. is not me being upset with you. It's just me internally being upset about something. Right. And I don't know how to let it out in a respectful or understanding way. She said, well, mm. what, what I took from her and what I do with when I talk to young black men, she says, well, just say how you want to say it. Just don't curse. Right. Mm-hmm. Just, just say how you want to say it. And we can figure out how to, when you walk out this door, you can represent yourself in a way that is understanding for people to hear you mm. because mm-hmm. you have to be heard as a black right. man, you should be heard and want to be heard. So just exploring mm-hmm. those two feelings for a black man like me was very pivotal in my a grown up, however you want right. to say it. So I appreciate you for saying um, you had just like a ball of fire. Like, I don't know where it was, but for mine, it was just like right still here. Got it, bro. <laughs> still got it. <laughs> you said you still got it? Still got it. Okay. Many, <laughs> many regards. Still still got it. Now, now that, yeah. that also leads into 
um well, but before you go into that because you just mentioned some great stuff right okay. and, and the idea that you brought love into the conversation mm-hmm. is what really kind of makes it uh it really kind of increases the value of the conversation to me right mm-hmm. um quite often when we express things right yeah we either are we are recipients of those things in many cases um and it makes it easier for us to express that for others you know so a lot of times when it is expressed like if you say you know brother i love you mm-hmm. for whatever reason um and and it kind of falls either on deaf ears or like brothers are kind of hesitant to kind of like you know return to love. Mm-hmm. a lot of times people haven't been loved and appreciated in that kind of way mm-hmm. you know what i mean they some they don't necessarily know what it is you yeah. know sometimes sometimes love doesn't have to be spoken mm-hmm. you know um sometimes it's it's received better in that kind of way or whatever or, you know yeah. but but the fact that you know that you were taught to love out loud is a very pivotal lesson especially mm-hmm. for black boys yeah you know and black men you know need to need that we need that you know um yeah and i and i just wanted to say i think that that's dope because um you can kind of tell you know when people practice love mm-hmm. you know um, and when they're able to give it you know because i I think early on, I had issues accepting, you know, love, mm-hmm. you know, especially expressions of love from men, because mm-hmm. the men in my life didn't necessarily do that. You know what I mean? That wasn't like a thing. It was more so like, okay, so I just gave you five dollars, you know, let you know I love you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, some candy. I'm giving you five dollars. That's mm-hmm. my expression. Like, you know, and there's different ways to do that, but to actually say it, mm-hmm. right, and show it, you know, and 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 even saying it is showing it in some some you know some shape way, shape, form, or fashion, but I just think that that's, that's so dope, you know, um, it begins to resonate with us, you know, when we're told, you know, things, when, when we receive things, you know, mm-hmm. internally, it, in it impacts our whole body, not yeah. just our thoughts, you know, earlier I mentioned like the crystallization of blood, mm-hmm. you know, quite often, you know, we're, we're receptive beings, whereas if someone tells us something negative, mm-hmm. you know, you know how, like when we get in flight or fight mode, you know, we get fight mode, you know, our limbs, the blood starts to rush away from, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we won't necessarily feel things if we battle in and things like that or whatever. And that could be the start of it could have been based on something that we were told what our blood does something different. So if it's something negative, it crystallizes in a very jagged, jagged way. Mm-hmm. Right. But when we're told things on the opposite side of the pendulum, like, you know, like, I love you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love you. You know what I mean? then it makes us, we breathe easier, our mm-hmm. blood flows and crystallizes yep. into the, the perfect crystals, you know? So anyway, I just thought that that was dope to mention because, yes. you know, and, and if you, if you were going to ask me down the line, like, what do we need? That's what we need, bro. We need love. We need it. So I'm going to answer that first. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I appreciate you for jumping in and saying that though, because yeah. I've never heard somebody say, well, that's good to hear. That's good to say. That's good to mm-hmm. say to you for your uncle to say that to you because now your body says something to you. Now you're going to receive it in a way that and present it in a way it may be acceptable for you, but how is that other person going to accept it? Because you just said not a lot of people are loved in a way that's verbal. Right. Because you right. have acts of service. <laughs> you, you can do something for somebody like right. you just mentioned. Um, you yes. got words of affirmation you just got they may not say i love you they may just say i'm proud of you right like that that does something too 
Mm-hmm. And yep. you have a whole lot of things. You got five love languages everybody talks about. Mm-hmm. And like I just said, two of them. So right. people that, that talk about those love languages, mm-hmm. I can understand it because I've experienced it. Gotcha. From men gotcha. and from my fiance, my mother, my, my cousins. Yes. So it's like you just get a certain feel. Now, if they say, hey, look, you're doing X, Y, and Z wrong. Mm-hmm. Now it's a different feeling. It's like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> but, I'm just trying to love you. <laughs> yes, yes. But, um, like I said, it's, it, it's, this is a, uh, like I said, we're in the den with you. So like the last one for in the den is um, who did you learn from? Or how did you navigate society as a black man? So when I asked that question, it's going off of um, saying, did you see anyone? Did you model anybody? And then right now, how are you navigating? Yeah, I mean, so I I learned from a, a lot of the people that I grew up with, mm-hmm. um, people that I saw, you know, uh, mysterious mentors, you know, who I've adopted in my mind as mentors, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, so clearly my, my parents, um, you know, uh, and then later in life when I started to read folks like Amos Wilson, mm-hmm. you know, um, and the falsification of African consciousness mm-hmm. and, you know, people like, um, I mean, just, I, I, we don't have to name names, but the point is, you know, those folks mm-hmm. who, you know, um, made an impact uh, based on, you know, the, the things that I learned, whether it was through an educational lens or just actually being in the community and seeing things, you know, um, I was influenced by, you know, a brother who, um, was a sanitation employee, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, because he used to talk to us. Yeah. He was one of the only people who used to talk to us in the neighborhood. And I mean, he didn't say much, but he was just like, Hey, you did your homework. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, like just little things and, you know, like black men just didn't talk yeah. to us. You know, so I was inspired by, he told me that he was a chef mm-hmm. as well. You know, so I wanted to be a chef. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I want to I wanna be a sanitation worker and I want to be a chef. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. Like that is, those were my very first sort of like aspirations. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to learn how to cook everything. I'm going to pick up all the trash in the world. And mm-hmm. then that's whatever. That's what I want to do. Okay. You know? So, and, and that grew from, you know, just people talking. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like I've I've had a lot of influences in terms of, um, how I learned and also how I practice love, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, a, a lot of it came from my more intimate, um, sort of relationships with like, you know, like family members and experiences mm-hmm. with family members and things like that. Begin to learn, um, what love looked like, what it felt like, um, how to give it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the reason why I ask this question is because mm-hmm. um, I said and I said to a couple other brothers that I've talked to before, um, I'm coining the coining the term uh, Black Mount Rushmore because I have my own, but it's not for like celebrities and presidents and everything like that. It's people that were in my life that I've mm-hmm. looked up to. Um, right. So it's, it's mainly all the men that I call my uncles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's five of them. I know it's four of them on the mountain road, but I'm adding one more um, mm-hmm. because those men were pivotal in my life because I got to see what was right and wrong. And then after them came you and other brothers that I had to say, okay, I looked at my Mount Rushmore. I know right mm-hmm. from wrong as a black man. Now I have to navigate this world. If I see a black man that's positive, if they're doing something negative, I have to take mental notes of that. I have to take a mental note of, okay, 
Jack showed me, hey, I'm not going to hold your hand the whole time. I'm going to kick down this door and you walk through it because you're ready. Mm. And now I had to take that same um, experience and take it for other black men that are younger than me to say, okay, yeah, I can hold your hand to a point. Mm. But at some point, I'm going to have to kick this door down because I was ready for it already. Now you got to walk through because you're ready for what's the next ahead. Right. And I think that was the that was the best thing that you've done for me mm. when it comes to being a black man and seeing, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna hold your hand because that's what I'm supposed to do. If you're walking across the street or this, this, this and that for you to be safe. Right. But I care about you too much. I'm mm. not gonna open up this door for you. Right. I care about you too much. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm gonna kick it down and let you walk through. And if you turn around and say, Hey, I did it, I'm opening up the next one for the next brother. Just let them walk through. Yeah. So, so, go ahead. so let me let me let me put myself on the spot right now, mm-hmm. right? And this is one of those things because you've always been inspirational and reciprocal and very intentional in the things that you say, right? So mm-hmm. I learned that and got that from you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's difficult for me to even sit here and listen to you say like yeah no well that's what i get for you from you and you tell me and da, 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 da. and i'm just like what like <laughs> you know so so i think that i think that that's dope to acknowledge you know those things that that you pick up mm-hmm. that you learn that you teach you know mm-hmm. um people i think that that's dope and and i want you to know i hear you and and i appreciate you even mentioning you know um something like that i i I, I like to see myself as um, sort of like a, a, a reflection, um, you know, a vessel, you know, mm-hmm. if will in many regards, but like a reflection, you know, I feel like um, a lot of the things that happen, uh, whether they're deemed good, you know, if they are, you know, seen like in a positive light or, in, you know, received as, as a positive thing, they mm-hmm. ain't come for me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, I'm a part of the source, you know, I'm mm-hmm. a part of you know, that thing that has been uh, keeping us and, and keeping us strengthened and, you know, keeping us flowing and going, yeah. you know, so I feel like anything that you receive, man, you know, it's clearly not of me. I can't take credit for none of that because I'm, I'm crazy. You already <laughs> So, uh, so you know, I'm glad, I'm glad, brother, that you, that you acknowledge that. And then also, um, you know, I also like, and you didn't ask me this, so I'm, I'm kind of veering off. If you, no, you good. set up, just you're be like, good. Okay. All right. But I mean, I, I also think that, you know, in some uh, in some way, we are all sort of like painters of mm-hmm. our own life and our own experiences. Right. So you could have taken something that you saw and said, you know, that ain't good. I'm going to just paint that as a negative experience. And that's how mm-hmm. I will see this person. Every time I see this person do a thing, I'm going to see it as being a negative thing. You know what I mean? So anything that you see either myself or anybody else do that's good that's also mm-hmm. a reflection of you because mm-hmm. you painted that as being good right mm-hmm. you deemed it as being good and i think that comes from the goodness in you so in turn you know um you know i want to acknowledge you on your goodness that you bring Thank you. The lessons <laughs> that you give you know what i mean so that that's it's just an awkward thing to accept you know compliments of sorts it's like yeah you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you for saying that because like you just said, some people don't know how to take compliments. I'm one of them. Like mm-hmm. I can hear them and I can take them, but it's like, okay, what do I do now? What do I do with this 
compliment that you just gave you? Do I run with it? Mm -hmm. Do I stay in this moment? Do I just take it in and reflect on it? Right. Like, what should I do in that moment of um, just reflection? Because right. a lot of us. You give them so often, though. You give them so often. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, how are you not going to be able to accept it? You know? So, I don't know. I just, I'm sorry. I, I cut mean, you off. No, you good. I was just telling you that, that um, just being able to have that understanding of, okay, me reflecting on this space that I'm in. Right. Like, what is that? Like, mm -hmm. I, I can give so many compliments. Mm -hmm. But it's like me receiving them is a little different. The same thing with gifts. Right. I can give so many gifts, but it's like, okay, me receiving this. Yeah. Okay. It's my birthday. Yeah. I understand that. Right. But if I just get a gift out of the blue, it's like, oh, do I take it? Do I? Yes. I'm going to take it because it's coming from you. You It mm -hmm. meant something to you. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just the space that I'm in as far as like understanding compliments, gifts when they're not supposed to happen or it's not a specific moment. Right. Right. I love oh, yeah. it. Uh, I love so, it. We, so we're going to move into this next space of, I call it, who you repping. Okay. Um, and this, the first question I have for you is, how do you represent your identity? So I know you have different hats that you wear. I called you an illustrious violinist, community <laughs> leader, community one. organizer. <laughs> and, I also, and I also called you an educational leader. So you have different hats that you wear. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you represent those? As a black man, I, you know, being a black man, I think is also a hat, you know, mm -hmm. um, that that many of us wear um, mm -hmm. because race in so many regards is is a big social construct, right? Um, but I feel like um, okay, let me answer the question the way the artist formerly known as like no, <laughs> the artist Jack <laughs> answers it, right? So. <laughs> The way that I, I I'm a light being, you know. Okay. I'm over titles right now. I don't know, you know. I feel you. Maybe it was the substances that I used earlier in life and that sort of thing. I don't know, but I I'm a light being. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Here to um to be a reflection of of the one, of the mm -hmm. source of all of God mm -hmm. of you know whatever folks are you know sort of imagine. But I'm I'm a light being, man, and mm -hmm. um. I'm here to just do my part. Yeah, I'm here to be uh, a functioning part of the body and really just do the best that I can, you know, um, along the way. Um, so in terms of identities, you know, like mentor, coach, direct, all these different titles and all of that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's sometimes difficult for me to acknowledge them without. Mm -hmm you know, first acknowledging, you know, uh, the very basic aspect of who I am, this energy, mm -hmm. this, this, this light, you know, um, that I am. So in, in terms of how, um, you know, I, I mean, I just, I, I really kind of am comfortable with the idea of being a, a light being and mm -hmm. just kind of moving through. I'm going, type titles are going to change, mm -hmm. you know, we all black now, but we you know, come three thousand, we might be something else. <laughs> we went from you know uh, the N word, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Negro, uh, mm -hmm. Afro American, African. I mean, we we have a lot of different ways that we um, identify, mm -hmm. you know, um, which is like you said, you know, it's another hat. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, uh, we represent light. I represent light, you know. Um, 
Yeah, and I'm just doing my part, man. So I don't really know all these the titles and all that other stuff, man. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, I could really, I could sit and answer your question in a different way. Well, you know, then you don't have to. Such I, such. I, I totally and, understand what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then you know, in the future, I will become such. Like, great. It's great to know mm-hmm. that. But the the very essence of me is 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 light. It really mm-hmm. is, man. I think that growing up, many people are told what they are. Yeah. You know. You are this. You are black. You are light skinned. You are, you know, I said did it. I did. I really did. <laughs> you know what I mean? You are mm-hmm. this. You are this title. We hired you for this title. You, mm-hmm. you know, you have this position. You do this. Right? So we we are told what we are. And, and sometimes we believe what we're told. Yeah. Right. You know, whether it's true or not. Like, you know, we believe what we're told, right? Mm-hmm. And and the idea of that is that uh, you know, throughout our development we get used to a certain sort of uh, rhythm of things. And the rhythm of it is that we're told this, we believe it. We're told this, we believe it. We're told this, we do it, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think we need to be conscious of who we aren't. We need mm-hmm. to be able to, because balance to me is power, right? Mm-hmm. So we need to be able to break down the very essence of who we are and understand who the, the root of who we are, that light, that energy, yeah. that being right first break ourselves down to nothingness who Mm -hmm. are you without being black Mm -hmm. you know or be who are you and who were you before you was told you was black Mm -hmm. you know who were you before you were told that you are beautiful who were you before you were told that you you know you do really well in math you're a Mm -hmm. magician you're this you know you you run really well you play sports very well like who were who are you without all of these sorts of titles and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, you know, that become identities and that sort of thing. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. What I'm saying is that I think that we need to begin to balance those things out and really be reminded of the nothingness that we are, mm-hmm. right? And what I mean, like I said, I ain't saying we nothing, like we something, we kings, we blah, 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 all of that. <laughs> yeah. But we're also nothing to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also nothing to me. Like, you know, um, specks of dust. You know, how many billions of people are on this earth? Eight? Eight billion? Yeah. Billion dollars. Like billion? Yeah. Like billion. If we get plucked off some kind of way, like it's billions mm-hmm. here. Billions. So who are you in the midst of this this ocean of billions and, and of, of beings? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what makes you so special? Mm-hmm. And we don't have to always focus on how special you are. You know what yeah. I mean? And all the titles we have, bro, like we are also nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. So anyway, you know, I, that was the artist in me just trying to I go. But, but what I'm saying is that, you know, I try, I'm trying at this point in life, during this mm-hmm. interview, in this moment right now, yeah. I am focused on um, being the light being that I am and really trying to do the best to make this thing called life happen, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for me and the people I love. I appreciate you for saying that because that's a question that um, brothers don't ask themselves. Mm-hmm. Who are who are you without the titles? Who are you without the jewelry? Who are you without the cars and everything else? Who are you? The koofies, right? Who like, no, <laughs> like who like who are you? Like I can, like when I say, how do you represent your identities? I can say for myself, I represent my family, mm. my last name. But mm. then you can also say. Do you represent yourself when you walk into a room? Mm-hmm. 
And that comes to the question that you just asked. Mm-hmm. Who are you before you even step into the room? Mm. And that that question leads to a lot of other things that you can ask yourself. Right. And I don't know if you wanted to say something else, because that leads to my next question of like, before you walk into that room, mm-hmm. what expectations do you have on yourself? And what expectations do you think others have on you? Mm. I don't know. in terms of the expectations that i have um for myself i think the most constant expectation is to um to be mm-hmm. you know to be and what i mean by that is that we don't always have to be the best or whatever but like be mm-hmm. you know so i expect myself to um to show up to be present um to uh, be light filled and to, to spread the light, you know that's what I expect. It don't always happen, yeah. clearly, you know, because I I got a whole lot of flaws and a whole lot of um, anger and a whole lot of you know other types. Ain't nothing wrong, you know, nothing wrong I mean? with anger that that uh, <laughs> that I carry with me, you know. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, so my expectation for myself is to be a lot of times I I don't focus very heavily. I can't say I don't focus at all because I do, mm-hmm. um, but I don't focus very heavily on the expectations of others anymore. Okay. You know, okay. Um, again, I'm a man of a certain age and, and stage in life. Mm-hmm. And um, right now, what I feel, what I say, I mean it more so these days. You know, mm-hmm. back when I was in, you know, in the yesteryears of life, you know what I mean? I may have said some things, did some things, whatever. It's like, oh, I don't really mean it. I'm just exploring. I'm kind of knowing. No, when I say something now, I mean, like, mm-hmm. you, should, you should probably hold me to my word that when I say it, I, I mean it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, so the expectations of others, man, you know, I, I practice the the motto that, you know, uh, you know, what other people, like, think about me in a sense or mm-hmm. feel. It's like really yeah. none of my business in a sense, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, it's not my business. You know, if yeah. they care, if they care to share, then you know, sometimes it becomes my business. Sometimes I accept it. Sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not really as focused on other people's expectations. I think that again, with the whole um, example of being a reflection and being an artist, I try to emit what I want to receive from others. Mm-hmm. So you know, if I want others to see me as loving. that's what I try to put out. Mm -hmm. If I want others to see me as somebody or something or whatever, then I try to put that out there. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, So it's all about reciprocity, you know? And my goal, uh, I guess, would be to reach a collective consciousness among like all of us so that we we know and we feel the same, not the same, but you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like we we try to understand each other without all of the hoopla that we've mm-hmm. been inundated with, like yeah. so much, so much. That's so what music does for me. Oh, go ahead. That's what I was going to ask you. Okay. That's what I was going to ask you um, about music. Yeah. Um, and what does that do for you? That was my the question yeah. I had in my head. Like, what does that do for you? Because I know you said, yeah, you have no expectations. I said what I said, but right. how does music, like what expectations do you have for yourself, like in the music space? Right. um growth and everything like that right yeah man so like the music 
and and what I feel about it is really another podcast. Or maybe it's this one, right? So <laughs> everything that I have stated thus far has something to do with music. You know, mm-hmm. I strongly believe in maybe this again, this is just the artist in me. Mm-hmm. I strongly believe that every, each of the elements, the five fundamental elements of music we embody, right? Um, melody, harmony, pitch, rhythm, and form. And form, lastly, is the way that we kind of all put it together. So to mm-hmm. me, like, you know, when we talk about like, what does it mean? That's that's a part of the form, right? How we put these things together, how we walk, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of, of what we do in our lives. You know, the melody has to speak to our uniqueness, you know, um, it speaks to our, our, our voice, our voices, you know, it speaks to the ways in which we um, sort of like navigate and move the way we do, right? That, that single unique person who, who is you, who is me, who is other people, you know, that is the melody of, um, of their lives. Harmony, the way things are working together, you know, mm-hmm. physically, spiritually, mentally, right? Um, you know, sometimes it's a little discord here and there, but, mm-hmm. you know, overall, as far as I'm concerned, you know, we, we function uh, in life harmoniously, like we're doing mm-hmm. things together, right? Um, rhythm, you know, like rhythm. It's a certain rhythm and way that we kind of flow. You talked about like swag and all this other stuff earlier. And mm-hmm. I, agree with that. I think that has to do with our rhythm, you know, the way that we move, the way that we walk, the way that we kind of handle certain situations, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That has to do with our rhythm. And some people are like more upbeat, you know, yeah. some people are just, you know, like you were, you a cool brother. Like, you know, <laughs> I, know, I think everybody who knows you understands that, listen, Octavius has this, this, mellow, you know, smoothness about him that, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to dealing with, you know, the realities of life, you know, mm-hmm. he's going to handle it and he's going to handle it with, you know, a certain posture in a certain way, you know, it's a smoothness. Now me on the other hand, bro, like, you know what I mean? Like, uh-uh, no, it's, it's something, like, you know, I'm all around. I even walk fast, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, yeah. you know, so, but, but, you know, so, so I think that that has to do with that. And, um, pitch, you know, mm-hmm. the highs and lows that, that happen in our life, you know, um, you know, when I say melody, harmony, pitch, rhythm and form, you know, the way we put mm-hmm. it all together. So, I mean, I know that those are just snippets of, mm-hmm. you know, the aspects that I'm talking about, but my life is musical. It really is, you know, and filled with a whole lot of improvisation, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm making up my own rules sometimes and playing my own notes and doing things to the melody, you know, that's a little different than you know, everybody else's and whatever mm-hmm. what has been going on. So I, I, my life is music, man. It really is. Um, and besides, besides, uh, you know, some of the more philosophical things that mm-hmm. I'm uh, talking about, like literally and physically music impacts me, you know, like I said mm-hmm. earlier um, to you, I'm, I'm trying to get, you know, some things together physically, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what helps me with that is music. Okay. You know, there's certain music that kind of gets me going. Like I just, you know, it's, it's certain music that slows me down. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's certain music and sounds that um, is very cathartic that'll keep me, uh, keep the noise out, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some music that'll bring the noise in, you know? Yeah. So, so, I mean, in terms of how it impacts me, I mean, every day I am impacted by, by music, by sound. Yeah. Okay. I know, I heard you say, for black men that you want as a black man, as a collective, collective conscience. Um, so 
the question that that leads into that is how would you like people to perceive yourself and other black males? How would I like people to perceive me? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, again, however, I leave that up to the artist. Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, I'm, I hope that's not like an easy like or you considering that as like a, a you know, you what you call it, like uh, like I'm trying to dodge the question or something no, like that. You, that's your answer. I'm not, that's, <laughs> yeah. So my, my answer is really I, I leave that up to the artist. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. really have a particular way that I want people to see me. I would love for people to see uh, love in me. Um, okay. And the love that I emit and that sort of thing, because I know that they're they're seeing God because that's not me. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, it's not me. It's not I don't anything that's good. Again, it's not it's not from me. It don't come from me. I'm a vessel. Mm -hmm. So look yeah. at the vessel. You know what I mean? I don't even look like the anyway. The point is, I think that, you know, yeah. I think that I'm going to leave that up to the artist, leave that up to the individual to create uh, how they see me, you know. OK. Yeah. How would you want them to perceive black men as a whole? Because I know there are some things that we said as far as transitioning from a word, the N word to now. Sure. How would you want people to see black men as a whole? Thoughtfully, uh, respectfully, um, honestly, mm -hmm. um, and, and, uh, and, and skillfully seeking to learn more um, because you can't know everything. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, I... I'm fascinated by the life of a butterfly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So my the tail end of my answer about perceiving black men, think of the life of a butterfly, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and and it starts off, you know, you know, the what we learned in elementary and middle and all that, mm -hmm. whatever, like the pupa and all of that, caterpillar, you know, chrysalis or cocoon phase, become a butterfly, mm -hmm. right? So it's different phases and all of that. But think of of black men as butterflies <laughs> so it's kind of weird right you black man butterfly right or it's kind of mm -hmm. beautiful and, and what mm -hmm. i mean by that is that you know you start off one way or you start off having these thoughts right and when i say respect because I, I talked about respect when i when i say respect i mean literally what the word means respect spec means to look it's a view re means to do it again so look at black mm -hmm. men again start off one particular way or have one particular you know, vision or understanding of black men, right? And then throughout life, black men go through different cycles, right? And we, you know, sometimes we're in our a cocoon phase. Sometimes we're, we're caterpillar, we're, we're crawling and we're learning and we're growing, we're eating, we're doing things. Then you get in that cocoon phase where you're, you know, you're deep in thought, you begin to break yourself down in ways that you hadn't broken yourself down before. When a butterfly is in its cocoon or chrysalis, right? It literally turns itself into a soupy nothing, like a mm -hmm. soupy liquid. You, you, it's liquefied. So, like what it was before, right? It, it, it has reached a an, a point in life where it it begins to liquefy itself. Like it's it's gone. It's no longer mm -hmm. what it used to be, right? Yeah. So when you think about uh, the potential, when people think about the potential for black men, understand that that is a possible sort of uh, realm that black men could be in, like. It's not how it used to look, you know. Yeah. If society is portraying that, you know, black men are this and they crawling and they doing X, Y, and Z. That ain't how. That's not like, you know, it's not a realistic and sort of like a monolithic way that black men are. Black men go through cycles, just like all men, right? Mm -hmm. And while in the chrysalis, one of the most beautiful things about a butterfly 
or or sort of this whatever it is in the chrysalis, mm-hmm. right? This soupy mess is that it has something called imaginal cells. Now I'm not a scientist, whatever, so I ain't you know I'm not gonna get all into all of that. I'm a scientist <laughs> of sound, but anyway, yeah. it has these things called imaginal cells, right? And these mm-hmm. imaginal cells begin to activate once it becomes the soupy nothingness. It begins to activate and it tells this bowl of nothing what to become right mm-hmm. so it becomes something different it's the construction of its wings it's the construction of how its body will begin to begin reshaped and all of that right and that's beautiful imagine mm-hmm. cells like are you kidding me you are you are, are literally transforming and becoming something that you were not right mm-hmm. so when black men and i think it happens in many of our lives right when black men get into that that phase or that state where we you know we are we're shedding a whole lot of the past and what happens right and we're becoming something new that's a very powerful uh period of Mm -hmm. our lives so think of black men like that and then when we finish with that period right and we become you know the the beautiful creatures that you know the new creatures after going through the drudges and after doing x y and z and after really taking some time to shed some things right just let us fly like leave us we can't curse on here. I'm not gonna curse, but anyway, no, you like you know, like you know, let us let us be, let us do yeah. our, let us just just fly freely, you know, um, and 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 look, admire our beauty, learn mm-hmm. from it, you know, um, uh, do it with us, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, join us, join us in our flight. So that's how I want people to see black men. Okay, I I totally agree with you. Um, uh, as far as the transitional stages that we go through mm-hmm. as black men, um, and that's helpful because to actually see an image of a caterpillar to a butterfly, mm-hmm. like just see, I'm a visual person. So me listening to you, that's why I was so in tune to what you were saying, because I was trying to picture this caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Yeah. So when you say for black men, when are you that caterpillar? When are you in that cocoon stage? And when are you flying? And that leads to the question that I got for you mm. is what piece of advice would you give the next generation that that you that you can say is in their cocoon stage right now? What piece of advice would you let give them for them to fly? Live, laugh, learn, and love. And I'm not saying that to be like really quick with it or whatever. I'm not, I hear you. Live laugh, learn, and love. And I don't even feel like I need to expand on all of that. You know what I mean? We need to be continuous learners. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. We need to really live and understand what that means. However we conceptualize it, you know, really live. We need to laugh. Everything is not so serious, right? It's It's not. not, So we need to have that that balance and laughing, I think, helps to sustain us in many ways, right? Um, And love. Love, Mm -hmm. I think, ultimately, that's, that's where... You know, it comes comes out, you know, all of the all of these things, all these uh, sort of aspects of, of goodness and, um, you know, good vibrations and all of that stuff is born out of love, you know, um, and it ain't easy. You know, I'm so glad that this show was not one that focused on, you know, uh, the, the said negative aspects of, you know, what it means to be a black man, because we're inundated with that too often. Mm-hmm. We talk about that. This is what we continuously, you know, are impacted by and, and, and these are what the conversations are about in the world when regarding black men, you mm-hmm. know. So 
I'm so glad that, you know, these questions um, afforded us the opportunity to kind of have a different conversation. And that, that's the main reason why this podcast even started is because um, I coined the term middle brother um, because I've noticed in my space, in my experience, that I've had to translate both generations, mm. the older generation and the younger generation mm-hmm. in a way where um, the older generation and the younger generation were just like <laughs> doing this. Right. But then I had to like sit in the middle and say, right. OK, I hear you. Right. And I'm learning from you, but I also hear him and he's telling me something different about what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. And that I can say based off my experience and what I think, but Mm -hmm. I want to hear from you. Yeah. Um, So based on what you've seen and experienced, Mm -hmm. what's one thing black males can do to grow together? Uh, Communicate. (laughs) Communication is key. You know, uh, a lot of times we uh, stray away from communicating because of whatever our hangups are in terms of doing that. But, you know, we feel that uh, in many regards, we can kind of deal with things internally more than we can deal with it, you know. But again, my adage is that, you know, balance is power. So communicate more, you know. And I think it's dope they even had that title. I didn't know what the title meant. I was like, is he a myth? Wait a minute. He ain't no motherfucker. I didn't know what was going on, but... But I, uh, but I, I like the title because you know, thinking back in like my, my therapy days, you know, middle, middle uh, children in a sense um, are are the peacekeepers. You mm-hmm. know, they are the ones who you know um, kind of like to hold the balance and keep that you know keep the peace in between mm-hmm. you know the siblings and the generations, if you will. Um, middle children are also uh, the ones that you know, we need to um, not mispraise about. And what I mean by that is like, you know, if the first child, the eldest child or whatever did something, it's like, oh, okay, you know, and it's, it's different children and the middle children won't necessarily get acknowledged mm-hmm. for it, so to speak, because it's like, okay, if the youngest child does something, it's like, oh, they're the young child, you know what I mean? And it's like mm-hmm. the middle child is still in this thing. So in a sense, they have to kind of buy for, for praise. So I think that that is something that we have to, um, to do with, with a middle child. So thinking about that, it could probably be attached to what I think, um, could be done with black men. I think that black men in a sense also need to be told, you know, um, you know, how, how wonderful they are, how special they are, you know, and then, then you got some facets of society or some people who just believe that, no, we do this all too much for black men. We start to coddle them and da da da. Well, my thing is like we, we need to continue to do it until there, until we um, are uplifted to the point where things um, mm-hmm. become. So, so what I mean is that w- there's so many deficits, you know, um, that we have. You know, we're looked at as the bottom of the totem pole. You know, in regards to education, in regards to economics, and you know, and that sort of thing. And like I said, until we either start to create our own sorts of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, barometers for measuring these things um, or be increased in in the current sort of, uh, you know, societal structures that we have, then, you know, we need to continue to work. But we need to do it differently because apparently, you know, what we've been doing Mm -hmm. um, ain't really working too quickly. Let's just say that. 
I mean, maybe well in certain arenas, certain areas, maybe interpersonal areas, but yeah, no, you know, I'm, I'm not going to continue to do the same thing, all of that, you know, just to maintain the status quo. That's corny. So back in my day, we used to say corny, like you corny, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? And that's corny to keep doing the same thing. It's just corny. It's corny. So I like, I like the fact that you said communication is key. Yeah. Um, because that's the one thing that we're as black men. Mm. Um, yes, we're always told don't express your feelings, don't cry, don't do this. But at some point, you got to express yourself to another brother to say, hey, look, this is how I'm feeling. Right. And for him to understand, hey, I hear you. Right. Um, I always say there's a difference between listening and hearing. Like you can listen, but you could be doing something else right. <laughs> while I'm talking to you. But you hearing actually what I'm saying right. and taking it in and saying that I just hurt his feelings. Mm-hmm. He just said X, Y, and Z. So right. did I do anything or did I hear it a certain way? Mm. All right, brother. So I hear you. How can we move forward right. and learn from each other? Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but before before we do end, I do want to um, elevate you and your work um, in the community um, at the University of Penn. Any work that you have going on? At the throughout the year of 2022, you can share right now. Yeah, I mean, it's lots. <laughs> it's a lot to do, man. We we have some. Uh, you know, first and foremost, we are working with the you know sort of the future doctors, medical doctors of tomorrow. You know, so of course we're working on ways, especially in a city like Philadelphia, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. um, where we're working to have better uh, community connections and community engagement. You know, uh, black folks in in the communities that I grew up in, especially in, in West Philadelphia you know, um, have a, a very interesting relationship with the University of Pennsylvania, for one. Um, a lot of us are born here, right? But anyway, um, very interesting relationships with uh, with medical doctors and just sort of medical science. And, you know, um, we, we all know, and many of us know the history of how we've been disproportionately impacted, you know, within these medical sciences and that sort of thing. So long story bearable, we're doing a lot around community engagement and really looking at um, increasing the health and health standards of and wellness for, I think my voice changed when I started talking about the job and I put on my job. Voice. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, the health standards of, uh, you know, community and the West Philadelphia community in particular. Right. Um, but I also think that, um, you know, we're doing a lot with pipeline programs, you know, okay. I know that it, there's increasing interest in uh, STEM and STEAM schools in the city and, and STEM and STEAM programs you know, so we're interested in looking at, you know, the melanin enriched um, doctors of tomorrow and, and, and uh, looking at uh, opening doors and, and really having people understand, you know, especially those who are melanin enriched that they can become doctors, too. You know, you mm-hmm. can do this. You know, we can read, write, think, and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, also looking at um, increasing uh, the understanding of um, uh, cultural affinity groups. And really right. empowering uh, medical students to not only learn to become good practitioners of the sciences, but also um, to understand that self-knowledge they have to maintain, really, you know, and that we all come to, you know, these stages and, you know, with different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different practices in terms of like religion and, you know, and, and the ways in which we live, right? Mm-hmm. And really um, working with each other to find a happy medium you know, to do that successfully. So um, increasing, uh, you know, um, cultural affinity groups and mm-hmm. you know, um, ERGs um, or, you know, just affinity groups in, in particular, because there are lots yeah. of lots of folks, you know, lots of different 
types of folks. You know, it's not just, uh, you know, um, uh, man, woman. It's not mm-hmm. just you know, male, female. There are mm-hmm. lots of different gradations in between some of these pendulums. So we have to really respect those who are, are um, you know, we're opening our doors to. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think that in general, um, the School of Medicine at the University of Pennsylvania um, are intentionally doing things to increase numbers um, mm-hmm. of medical professionals as well as um, those who are melanin enriched. And I believe that, you know, my role here is important because we help to um, really increase the impact of, you know, um, raising, you know, black doctors, brown doctors, mm. et cetera. So. Okay. I appreciate you for saying that because a lot of people won't know about this information. Mm-hmm. A lot of people won't research this information. A sure. lot of people won't know what's going on at the University of Penn right. in the space that you're in, diversity and inclusion and equity. Right. So I appreciate you for elevating that. Sure. Um, I do want to elevate, do you have any um, gigs? Do you have anything as far as Music-wise, do you have anything up and coming, or do you have? Well, unless you add a, a music portion to these podcasts, man, we got to jam out. <laughs> you know what I mean? At you know, at another another talk, some other time, you know. But no, I'm not nothing. I, in April, um, the end of April this year, um, myself along with uh, my group member Ty Smith, also known as Melissa Sunshine, okay. she uh, we will be performing with the Ill Harmonic uh, Orchestra at the Kimmel Center um, with the artist, The Phantom and The Phoenix, his wife. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be dope. It's a hip hop orchestra. It's one of the founding um, hip hop orchestras uh, in the world. And uh, the brother is the progenitor. His name is Jeff Mm -hmm. McNeil, also known as The Phantom. And uh, he's been doing this for a while and we've been rocking out for a while. So that's probably the, you know, for people to kind of like come and all of that. It's probably right. the most, annoying. but yeah, but it's 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 at the Kimmel. I believe it's the end of April, like April thirtieth or something like that, and um, it's gonna be dope. So get a ticket, come experience it, love it, you know. And if you hate it, throw some tomatoes, and it's like no, <laughs> it should be a good time though. It should be good. It's dope. I feel you. Thank you for sharing that um, because a lot of people, like I said. They may not know what you actually do outside mm-hmm. of the space that you're in. Sure. And I want to elevate that because that's important because that's another side of a black man that they may not get to see all the time. Sure. Um, so, well, brother, I do want to say thank you for joining and I appreciate you. Thanks for having and me. And I love you. I love you too, bro. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I want y'all to follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Urban Thinker Media. And also check out our website at urbanthinkermedia.com. And we'll see you all next time with another brother here on the Middle Brother Podcast. Peace.